This is Murder, She's Saying, the podcast that reclaims the true stories behind America's murder ballads. I'm Andrea Peterson. This is our first episode, and before we go any further, I'm going to try to explain what murder ballads are and why I'm talking to you about them right now through this, the magic of internet radio. And when I say murder ballads, I'm specifically talking about Appalachian-style murder ballads. They're a form of oral pop culture that draws influences from different immigrant groups that came into and replaced much of the indigenous population in the mountains tucked into the mid-Atlantic region during the colonial period. I'm talking the Alleghenies, the Blue Ridge, all of the places that Frankly, I spend a lot of time hiking around into weird old abandoned mining towns on all the weekends that I can get out there from Washington, D.C. In some cases, these ballads are the direct musical descendants of printed broadsheet murder ballads that were pumped out by popular presses in Europe, like the Tennessee tune The Knoxville Girl, which is actually a new world corollary of the Irish song The Wexford Girl that is actually derived from an even older English song and you really get the idea here it's gonna go on for a while they also incorporate these diverse musical influences you hear bones and banjo which come from enslaved and free African-Americans who are also part of these migration And you just have to really think back and recognize that this is a mass migration with varying levels of literacy, whether free or enslaved. So stories really mattered. And instead of keeping up with Twitter or Snapchat, people got their gospel around campfires, often with a lot of alcoholic lubrication and musical lubrication. People sang the news. It was auto-tune the news, but before auto-tune the news and YouTube and me coming to your ear pods right now. AirPods, earpods, uh, I don't know what the kids are using these days. You know, in this context, it was both news and entertainment, just like Twitter and Snapchat are today. You know, maybe a singer forgets a few verses, so the story changes one night or claims to remember more details about a crime the next. It's one big game of musical telephone, and you get a different version of it depending on which campfire you're at, but a lot of the major themes stay the same. And it really matters what those themes are. That's why I want to talk about why I want to talk about this now. Now, I guess. And that is that we're still doing this oral tradition. It updates with the times and the places and the people. And we see it with bands like Gangsta Grass, a Brooklyn-based group that mixes it is rap and bluegrass. And new feminist songs in the murder ballad vein, like Goodbye to Earl, which was popularized by the Dixie Chicks when I was growing up. Or a musical project that I'm working on right now that is uh, a series of... <laughs> Uh, fictional murder ballads set in the West Virginian timber and mining booms because that's the kind of person that I am. <laughs> uh, but music is facing this Me Too 
movement reckoning right now and as a culture we're having to grapple with how or when to separate music from its creators think about how you feel oh when the remix to ignition comes on the radio now do you mute r kelly without muting R. Kelly, there are just all of these really violent messages about women in America's music history. And with Appalachian murder ballads, they're really right out there in the open. There are often these gut-wrenchingly violent morality plays that have to do with women's sexuality. And I want to talk about them. So we're going to be part of that oral remix culture and talk about these murder ballads from a feminist perspective in an effort to reclaim those narratives. We're going to take these verses and choruses and melodies and talk through them and see what the history says behind them. We're going to look at court cases We're gonna, and we're going to look at the history of how the song travels through popular culture how you get to listen to it now and what that context means we're going to start with a song that's been through that remix process a lot it's called tom dooley and it became an unlikely pop hit in 1958 when it was remixed and retrofitted by, uh, into a crooning chart topper by the folk and pop outfit, the Kingston Trio. If you've heard a version of Tom Dooley, it's probably their version. It opens with a spoken word scene setting about an eternal triangle between Mr. Grayson, a beautiful woman, and a condemned man named Tom Dooley. This Julie is, admittedly, per the lyrics, a murderer. But by the end of the chorus, the trio is crooning that he is a poor boy. I met her on the mountain. There I took her life. I met her on the mountain. Stabbed her with my knife. Hang down your head, Tom Dooley. Hang down your head and cry. Hang down your head, Tom Dooley. Poor boy. You're bound to die. And Dooley does end up condemned for the killing, the song suggests, as does history. Its final verse ends with this prediction. This time tomorrow, reckon where I'll be. Down in some lonesome valley, hanging from a white oak tree. The song then fades out after a chorus that repeats, ending on that same mournful tone. Poor boy, you're bound to die. As for the beautiful woman, the Kingston Trio cover doesn't give you her name. History does. Her name was Laura Foster. On this season of murder, she sang, we'll ask, who killed Laura Foster? And what does it say about us that we're still singing about her all of these years later?
This podcast was written, recorded, and produced by Andrea Peterson and Plain Great Productions. Happy birthday, Elise Higgins.